last episode of the off season is upon us. We came to you guys a little early last week, really early today. 5.30. Woo! 3.30, real time. Uh, come on, get out of here with that. I know. Uh, I know. What's up, Mitch? How's it going? Oh, it's going. I, lo- I love the early shows. I, I really do, do. I do. Yep. I do. And, you know, I feel bad, Dan. He's Dan's the busiest man on the planet. And I'm sure I get it. I, I'm sure when the little ones on my end are a little bit older, we're going to have a lot more activities. But, you know, sorry. Sorry. Dad can't make it to your T ball game this week. Got to do Dynasty Theory. No joke. Like, we've done soccer, baseball, basketball. We've done all this stuff. This is the first year that my oldest was playing football. It's six days a week. I mean, yeah. it's insane how much you and you need to be there for everything. Otherwise, they don't play. So then the kids like, well, I have to be there. So it's it's crazy once the kids play football. All right. Well, we're not going to waste any more time here. Uh, Jay Hall Haller, only two thirty here in California. That's a fake time zone too. All right. It's it's Tuesday, the week of kickoff. Mm-hmm. Thursday, we got the Lions. We got the Chiefs. Is Travis Kelsey going to play? It doesn't sound like it. I don't know. He 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 is his uh, ability to play is in doubt. As in as doubt, yes, very in doubt. Yeah, and then you got the folks on Twitter, some that just like to make reports up, and that's so annoying, so annoying. Anyway, so as the off season progresses, we do this show every single year, mm-hmm. and I was looking at Mitch. We are entering our fifth NFL season. Ooh. Doing Dynasty It's been a while, man. It has. It has. So what we like to do, if you're new to the show, if you haven't listened in previous years, we go through and kind of discuss some value. Now, keep in mind, value hits or misses. A lot of people, we get some feedback. Hey, well, you can't have any hits or misses. The games haven't even been played yet. Yes, but we can still look at the value perspective as the offseason progressed. Did we invest in certain players early? Did their value start to take a hit after that? Did we uh, throw value down the the drain, essentially? So tonight, it's going to be, you know, some wins, some losses from a value perspective, Mm -hmm. what we can expect in the early stages of the 23 season. And then, Mitch, I asked for you to throw a hot take at me. So we'll get to that eventually. I always appreciate the comments in the chat. Like I said, holler, Greg, Wes. What's up, guys? Appreciate you joining us early here. So, Mitch, first off, mm-hmm. players that we invested in early this off season, and at that time, we're sitting there thinking, "I can't believe I'm getting these guys at this price. What a value!" But now we sit here in September, and they're even cheaper. And it kind of—it's like when you go to the store and you buy an item, and it was like fifty bucks, let's say, and then all of a sudden. You know, a month later, you see when well, now it's on sale for thirty, hey, and then happens. and then it and then it's on sale for twenty, and it's like or or when I'm on pristine auction and I <laughs> I get something for eighty bucks, yep. and then I see that same item go for forty the next day, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Anyway, who's somebody on your list here? Players that you invested in early in the off season that may have dropped in value since you went on your little acquiring spree. Oh, it's no may have. He's like <laughs> lost half his value. And the biggest one for me is Jamison Williams. Cause going into this off season and going through all the way through whenever the suspension came out, 
for me, it was he was the best wide receiver out of last year's class for me. Like it didn't matter what team he plays for. He just happens to be on my lines, but he was the wide receiver one for me. And now, I mean, the suspension came out and he, then he has the really bad hamstring strain tear, whatever you want to call it. So we think he'll be back in six weeks after his suspension's over, but we don't even know if he'll be healthy by then. Um, Like right now you have to be pot committed with him. You can't trade him because you're not going to get anything decent in return. People are going to offer you like Juju Smith Schuster for him. And he's got the exploding knee at this point. Exactly. At any point. But let me ask you, because we all do this. It's kind of that sunk cost fallacy. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you're sunk cost fallacy, pot committed, whatever way you want to phrase it. Ain't no fallacy. If if that ain't no fallacy. If that value continues to dip Mm -hmm. and it, it keeps going down, it keeps going down. Would you not want to get out even at the deflated value today? No, because I'm stubborn. And that's the biggest reason. Well, first off, it's a lion, right? So I'm always going to have that built-in hope. And the Jameson Williams still has, I think he still has that it, right? And I'm buying into that. He can he can do it. Maybe it's going to take until year three, he'll be healthy. It could be like uh, Devontae Adams, right? Who it took a couple years for him to take off. That's what I'm going to tell myself, even though I could tell you, why I hate Jerry Judy now and a lot of reasons when they, you know, Jerry Judy's has been a lot better in the NFL than Jamison Williams has. Now, let me ask you, because obviously we're looking at very specific players and I wanted to kind of tie into more of the overarching discussions and strategies as this episode goes on. But with Jamison Williams, is there a lesson to be learned? Let's take away our fandom. Let's take away our level of stubbornness. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. not to say you're Luck. stubborn. Yeah, right, right. But is there anything we can take away looking forward? Maybe not Jamison Williams specifically, but how this might tie into the an archetype similar to him. Maybe I, if you get suspended after <laughs> missing an entire season, don't buy the player. Yeah, if you find out someone is like gambling on games, maybe don't keep getting him at a deflated value in and the th- problem is I'm not just talking about dynasty. Like I have a lot of best ball teams this year mm-hmm. and I have a lot of James Williams because he kept dropping down the draft board. I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna take him there. I'm gonna take him there. Think of how good he's going to be for the rest of the season. Now I'm like, I don't know if he'll play this season. Now, let me ask you though, because when you were really looking to acquire him, Oh man, Mitch, you better not be getting a work like call here. Light. I like my light more now. Now it looks a little better. You always say that you can't notice a difference when I change something. I don't know. I didn't see a change. I anyway, anyway, if you're watching the YouTube channel, let me know. Did you see a change? I didn't see it. But with Jamison Williams, were you investing early in the stages of the offseason? Uh, or was it like you started to invest more whenever the suspension hit? Or how did that timing work for you? So I never stopped investing. I was pretty much all in (laughs) until the hamstring injury happened. And then I was like, what did I do? And that, that I'm glad you said that. that Yeah. Because that was my follow-up question or more common, I guess, but Mm. you, yeah, the price drops. We didn't see him really his rookie season. What we did see, I think he had what one reception, but he had a nice touchdown on it. It was great. But then you go into the the off season and 
he, he's able to practice mm-hmm. and you start to invest because the value still in your eye is a little bit below markets below where it should be. Mm-hmm. And then the gambling comes out and it's like, okay, yeah, but it's not like, like last week we talked about a Jonathan Taylor situation yep. where it's at least four weeks. We talk about Kyler Murray. It's at least four weeks for Jamison Williams. It was six weeks, but it was six, six yeah. weeks and that was it. And to an extent, I don't want to say you got unlucky or anybody that invested in Jamison Williams at the point the suspension came out because sure his price dropped, but Obviously, it took into account that six-game suspension and lack of production last year when given the opportunity. But then you get those hamstring, the hamstring setback. And does that then linger beyond those first six weeks? And, I mean, that first, second game back for Jamison Williams, it really is, from a value perspective, it's going to be make or break for him. Oh, it is. I mean these 10 weeks are going to be everything. So, I mean, right now he's probably, I didn't even look it up, probably wide receiver 40 ish on fantasy calc, I'd guess. I, there's every chance he's wide receiver 60 by the end of this year. Yeah. I wanted to pull it up very quickly here. Um, I, I have, I have a couple players here. Oh, I didn't I, know you were bringing me up because I didn't know you brought up old takes, but they're mine. They're oh, mine though. Oh, oh, listen, listen, I, I always say, listen, I, I hide in plain sight. I always say that. Mm. Cover your tracks. It's like uh, if you bring something up, you don't allow other people to bring it up, and that's the way to get ahead of it sometimes. But I said I, I never bring up your old bad takes. Oh, well, it's hard. Of, There's only like two of them. Out of a sign of respect for you and Dan, I try not to bring it up. Anyway, I there were certain players that I invested in throughout this entire off season and all of them kind of had different variables that may have led to their value dropping as the off season progressed. But there is a common theme here. Veteran wide receivers that are tied to a bad quarterback, a questionable quarterback offenses that maybe just aren't garnering the hype. And you can look at this list, Hollywood Brown, Oh, yeah, you were huge in Hollywood. Love Hollywood. Juju yeah. Smith-Schuster, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans to an extent, but I l- mm-hmm. lumped him in here too. So we're looking at guys that to different levels have been, at different levels have been productive, and the values and the cost to acquire were certainly at different different levels. But you look at their value over the last nine months And it's something that just continued to drop and drop and drop. And I talk about the bad or questionable quarterback. We see that with Godwin and Evans, very clear. Well, it's going to be Baker or Trask. And neither of those two options are ideal. And then when Baker won the job, it still didn't really have an impact. Like Mike Evans right now, he's like wide receiver 42-ish on fantasy count. Chris Godwin, I think he's low 30s. And... You know, so that had the quarterback questions. Juju, not so much like I think Mac Jones is a fine quarterback, but it's the offense in general. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it takes time for these wide receivers in this New England offense to really get up to speed. Free agent wide receivers typically, unless you're Randy Moss, don't do too much when they come over to New England. And we know that Bill Belichick, I mean, what did they spend? A second on Mohamed Sanu 
It was that, I think, a second. That's what it was. Yep. But, yeah, so Juju, it kind of has that situation. Well, he didn't really hit any uh, – uh, didn't hit a ceiling when he was playing with Patrick Mahomes. How is he going to do with Mac Jones? And then with Hollywood, that's the one – that's the one that I'm really kicking myself for because, like, with Juju, you could bring up some of the injuries throughout the offseason and now the exploding knee. With Godwin Evans, uh, you know, great talents, especially for Godwin in the age – but the writing was on the wall there, but I, I didn't expect the value to drop as low as it has for Hollywood Brown. That's one that you can't even justify. And I'm still very high on Hollywood. I, I think I still have him on as green in the tiers right around that, like wide receiver 30 ish tier, whatever that is. Um, but it was going to be a long shot for Kyler Murray to come back. We knew that roster was going to be absolute rubbish. And now they're putting themselves in a situation where they're going to be looking at Caleb Williams mm -hmm. in the 24 NFL draft. And you're stuck with Clayton, Clayton Toon or Josh Dobbs. So, <laughs> you know, and the writing was on the wall. So th this one for me, strictly from a value perspective, you know, what it costs to acquire back then, what it costs to acquire today, that was a big miss for me. Can that turn around? Absolutely. You know, he's out of Arizona. It, you know, it could turn around. I don't want to say absolutely. <laughs> uh, he's out of Arizona after 2023. So, you know, there's always a chance for an uptick. And I'm not saying that any of these guys are, you know, thrown to the trash, but their value, that is certainly something that, I lose sleep over every, every night. You know, do you ever see the, I'm sure you have the meme where the guy's on his side on his phone Yep. yep. and the woman's like, I bet he's thinking about other women and me. It's, I can't believe I sunk all that value into Hollywood Brown. I can't well, believe it. Good thing. It wasn't that much value to begin with. So that's no, good. no, no. It, like it wasn't anything crazy. Uh, you know, a, a good example here would be if you were somebody, and this is, this is not a knock or throwing shade, but it's just the, it comes to mind if you were somebody that was investing in Trey Lance. Oh yeah. That, oh, that yeah. would have been a prime player to bring up during this conversation. So yeah, the cost still maybe somewhat similar for Hollywood Juju, less expensive Godwin, a little mm -hmm. bit more expensive, but still guys that you look at it from an overarching kind of original process. What did we learn situation? And it's it's buying into these types of situations and the offenses and the quarterbacks and what is their kind of longer term objective with you know I, I keep looking at Hollywood with their quarterback situation how they're going to handle the twenty three season what they want to do in the twenty twenty four draft so I, I think those veteran wide receivers it's always something to keep an eye on and yeah there's always more than one variable but I think that's a big one that stands out for those three. I think so. And the only other player I want to bring up, and it's kind of, it's not someone who's dropped in value, but it's someone that has flat out misvalued throughout the whole offseason until about three weeks ago. Um, I was completely off of Tony Pollard. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> no, I'm just reading some comment. Yeah. Uh, um, hamstrings take player off the board for me, I say as I keep acquiring cup shares. I like that, Wes. Anyway. Um, but. I was looking at Tony Pollard. I'm like, no, they're going to sign Zeke Elliott. I'm like, they're going to bring him back. Jerry Jones loves him. He's going to come back, and he's going to steal a whole bunch of touchdowns. But what I didn't even consider was Tony Pollard was very good last year, even with Ezekiel Elliott on that team. And I should have had him ranked where I have him ranked today, 
knowing that even if Zeke comes back, it's really not going to hurt him. So for me, a big one is just getting off my uh, high horse and getting off some of my takes being like, no, no, Zeke's going to go back. Tony Pollard's not going to be good because that was the same take I had previous to last year about Tony Pollard is like, oh, his ceiling's lower because Ezekiel Elliott's there. When the truth is Ezekiel Elliott's not hurting anybody's ceiling at this point. Yeah, so so for you, the you put a different angle on this one. It was players that you didn't necessarily invest in early, mm. and now you're investing, but you're paying more than you would have had to. And yeah. initially, I yeah. had that as a category, and I don't know why I dropped it. Why did I drop that category? We that just added it in. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think now. Now you're putting me on the spot. I'll get back to that one. I'll circle you're back good. while you're, you're going off. Uh, decide the veteran wide receivers talking about players. You know what? That ties in very nicely mm-hmm. with. So who are a few players you invest in early in the off season that have gained value? And it really goes with the example that I'm throwing here. Veteran running backs on a decent offense expected to get a workload in 2023. And it happens every year. It like does. clockwork. It does. I, I I should have gone back and listened to last year's episode that we did right before the season kicked off with our kind of off-season review. And I'm fairly certain, don't quote me, but I'm fairly certain veteran running backs were a discussion point. That was then. your big thing. Yep. And it, oh, Mitch, always on call. Did, I, I, do not disturb, but I didn't silence. The oh, that would get you. Anyway, yeah. but like this year was unique because it was, the will they, won't they running backs get paid? Are they going to sit out? They had their big zoom call, even though like Joe Mixon was on that zoom call, even though he took a pay cut, like the week before <laughs> he showed up and they were probably like, why are you here, Joseph? Anyway. So Saquon Barkley, Mixon, Madison, Miles Sanders, prior to the recent uh, injuries and being dinged up. I think that's pushed him down a little bit, but like we see every off season, Nick Chubb, Goes up in value when August, September roll around. Derrick Henry goes up in value when mm-hmm. August and September go move, you know, come around. Now, sure, you could get stuck in situations with like a Dalvin Cook. So it's kind of like the survivorship bias where we're looking at the guys that actually made it through. But overall, if you would have invested in these guys, David Montgomery would be a really good one. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if you invest in these guys early enough, th- you would have been very happy as you sit here today with what you had to pay. If your backfield was looking like, I mean, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara. I know we have the three game suspension, but those were guys that were going for mid to late seconds at one point. Yeah. Or Raheem Mustard, who you probably could have got for a third back in March is still the starting quarterback for the dolphins today. And he's the starting running back. What'd I say? Quarterback. <laughs> Two is in a world of, well, I mean, he could be, <laughs> who knows? Maybe they're going with the wildcat. You know, they might be, but I, I think that, you know, it's, it's a position. It kind of goes back to my last point with the veteran wide receivers and the bad questionable offenses or quarterbacks that just aren't getting hyped and how their value drops. And then vice versa on the flip side here, veteran running backs, they see that workload, uh, they see the value come up with the expected workload and it's not rocket science. It's nothing revolutionary or groundbreaking that I'm throwing at no. you. Happens but every year, like you said, but in every year, I feel like, like people get surprised and, you know, part of it is, and I guess people do get surprised a little bit because if they didn't, 
we wouldn't see such a drop in value in January and February. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of it, a lot of it is, will these guys get replaced in the NFL draft? You know, if free agency. So there are different milestones mm-hmm. throughout the offseason, but they're still valued higher today than they were in June. Yeah, I mean, we always say that about the rookie running backs coming in, right? How many people lost their jobs? This was a good running back class, right. a very good one. How many backs actually lost their job? Tyler Algier, I guess. I mean, DeAndre Swift, he's sure, but then he went to the Eagles, so he really didn't lose his job. If He might have even improved his situation. So, yeah, it happens every year, man. Yeah, we could sit here and say, well, maybe Kenneth Walker. Maybe Travis Etienne. No, we can't. We can't uh, let's Walker. see. Najee is going to be losing his job at Jalen Warren by week four. That's why here. <laughs> yeah, uh, Javante was okay. Ramondre, Dobbins, Damian Pierce. Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, nothing happened there. Rashad White. White's going to be losing his job. That might even be week two. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Cam Akers is okay. James Cook, they brought in Damian Harris. Miles Sanders, great situation there. David Montgomery, still a one-two punch. Like, it just goes on and on it and does. on. Yep. So it's it's something that needs to be taken into consideration. And when we see that value really drop pre-free agency, pre-NFL draft, maybe pick your spots and look at where there might be an opportunity that you see value. And, you know, the like the Madison one, well, the writing was on the wall. We talk about writing on the wall with Hollywood Brown. Mm-hmm. Writing was on the wall that Dalvin Cook was not going to be there, whether it was a trade or a cut situation, and Madison would see the spike in value. So it's I, I just think oh, it's we're going to be talking about Madison later. Don't you worry about that. I, I like it. I like it. But I just think it's so uh, I let me there's there's a comment in the chat from Nick. I, I, I wanted the sarcasm to ooze off off of my microphone. Maybe it didn't. But no, I do not believe ETN will lose his job to the tank here. Here's a question for you, Mitch, from Nick. Uh-huh. 14 team keeper league. I have Tua, Lamb. AJ Brown, CMC, Rashad White, George Kittle, and Calvin Ridley got JT on IR. Really hoping he makes it back soon. I'm not thinking that's a question. I don't th- see. This yeah. is why I should read it before I post it. <laughs> that, that is a very good team. <laughs> Holy cow! Is that, Nick's just out here? I can't even say humble. Just just bragging. I, I yep. like it. I like yep. it. But yes, I was waiting for the question. I was like, there is no question there. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Holler Peterson likes to use two running backs. Uh, but yeah. Okay. So I, I mentioned those names mm-hmm. and then who's a player you invested in early in the off season that has gained value since. So and I it have goes, two. It goes, the first one goes really well. Yes. Sky Moore, man. Like, Oh wait, maybe it was the second one then. Well, Cam Akers. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought we were talking about Kelsey getting injured. Would bring up Scam more. I see that. I don't but, care who you bring up, but you brought up Travis Kelsey, and I'm upset. <laughs> no, but I mean, with Cam Akers, I just always felt that they didn't have the draft capital to bring in one of those backs that's going to compete with him. And they didn't have any money to bring in anybody else, and so he was going to be the guy. So that's one drumbeat I just held on all year long, and I'm really happy that I did because you can actually get some pretty decent trades done for Cam Akers right now. You know and what? You, you know what's interesting, mm-hmm. and I not to interrupt, but just while we're talking about Acres, because I was looking at him, and I thought about 
Well, I talk about veteran wide receivers that are in bad or questionable offenses with quarterbacks that might not be able to elevate them to where we want them to be. We look at running backs in a similar way, right? Well, limited touchdown upside. Maybe they're not as involved in the passing game as we would like. We're not sure what Matthew Stafford's going to be looking like here moving forward. Cooper Cup a little banged up. What's this team going to be like in general? So then I started thinking about James Conner, who is in lesser version, I think, of what Cam Akers is in right now. And James Conner, he continues to drop in value. He does. Yeah. And I I think it, again, it goes into folks discounting, from a value perspective again, those types of offenses. Mm-hmm. And I guess people don't want to invest in offenses led by Joshua Dobbs. Well, which blows my mind. You know, we have we have a, another YouTube video coming out tomorrow, and I think it happens with wide receivers too. You know, I have one talking about DJ Moore, and I think people are out on him just because of the overarching conversation we have about that run-first offense. Justin Fields might throw 10 times a game, you know, and so we just get off of really good players for no reason. Yeah, it's uh... – I, I always look at it as like the AJ Brown effect. Yep. I remember our first year, our Me first too. off season, <laughs> we went into the NFL draft and we, we said, this is when it was super flexology, mm-hmm. man, RIP super flexology. What a name. Poor one out for, uh, but we said AJ Brown is landing spot proof. And then what matter happens, where he goes, he, he goes to Tennessee and <laughs> like ass clowns. Dropped him down rankings. Well, well, you live and you learn. It is. I I hope you learn. So my only other one that I'll bring up real quick is Sky Moore. Um, Doesn't have anything to do with the Kelsey injury. It's he is pretty much their number one wide receiver right now going out of the slot. Um, I think he's going to lead the the team in targets. You know, hopefully leads the league, but at least the team in targets. But, I mean, he's going to get the juju role. And like I said, back in March, if you tell me that there's going to be a wide receiver that has the juju role in the Chiefs offense, that's who I'm going to want. I was hoping it was Tony, but Tony can't seem to stay healthy, so I think it's just going to be Sky Moore. And his value just creeps and creeps and creeps. I mean, best ball, you were getting him in the 10th, 11th round, and now it's 6th or 7th round. So everyone's slowly catching on. That's one that was really happy to be on that trade pretty early. Yeah, you were, and I'm still not sold, but we'll see how it plays out. And I mentioned it with Jameson Williams when he returns from the suspension, but these first couple weeks for some of these guys like Sky Moore, we talk about volatility and people that really might, they might catapult up rankings and values or completely plummet. These first few weeks are very important for Sky Moore, especially Mm -hmm. if Travis Kelsey can't go on Thursday and he goes out 15 during an, targets during an island game. And, you know, everybody's going to be watching this game and he lays an egg. Oh, oh that's, that's no, we're not going to talk about that. We're that's talking about him getting hurt. 15 targets. All right. All right. I see a question mark here. So I'm throwing okay. this up on the screen from Dolgatal7888. Dynasty League just traded Travis Kelsey, Dalvin Cook, Michael Thomas for Amari Cooper. Jonathan Taylor and George Kittle. Oh. I I would like to know what the tight end premium is. There. I don't care what the tight end premium is. I want the George Kittle side. I do too, but I still like to get the details. 
But is yeah, it going to change your mind if it's zero points for tight end? No. No. No, it's not. <laughs> but why why ballpark it when we can be so precise? Mm. Yeah, the, uh, absolute smash. Yep. Absolute yep. smash. Strumming the guitar over there out of happiness, I'll tell you that. All right. What strategies, Mitch? Mm-hmm. Did you incorporate throughout the offseason? And I said this could be specific players or more overarching strategies, roster construction, future pick investment, et cetera. Lessons learned? What, what do you got? Okay, so I think I talked about this during the pivot point this past week, but I haven't been willing to move my 24 first to try to make a team compete this year. I've done that a lot in the past, and it ends up biting me almost every time. I mean, my wins there do not outweigh the losses, right? There's a lot of times to where I end up giving up the 104 or the 105 in a future draft so I could try to compete. And sometimes I just have one more injury and I'm not competing again. You know, in one of my favorite leagues, I'm the commissioner of it. I traded like three or four first round picks. I, you know, I completely sold my future and now I have the worst team in the league because of a move that I made two years ago. I mean, it's going to take me years to recoup that cost. So for me, it's just being willing to keep those firsts on my roster until I know getting that one additional piece is actually going to take me into really into the money because that's really what all this is about. It's finishing in the top three so we can get paid out at the end of the year. If that trading that first isn't going to help me do it, then I want to have that because like we all know, we talk about that dynasty calendar. As soon as January 1st hit, it doesn't matter where those firsts are. There were so much more than they were two weeks prior to that. So for me, it's just being a, willing to wait a little bit more. Maybe it's week five that I'll end up trading them instead of doing it like August 3rd because I'm like, hey, I really need a running back on this team. I love the way you phrase that to kick it off. You don't want to move your first to be able to put your team in a situation to compete because you talk about the team that you mentioned earlier that you moved a couple first and now it's, it's not looking too great. I feel like on teams like that, when you have a roster that, yeah, I can move this first and maybe then I'm putting myself in a position to compete. You make that trade, something happens. Mm -hmm. Then you feel like, okay, well, I don't have my first, so I got to do something else. And I got to do something else. And it's like you're you're in quicksand, right? And no matter how hard you fight, I'm guessing I've never been in quicksand, believe it or not. But <laughs> no matter how hard you fight, you're not making out making it out of there. And I, I think that's a really great point uh, not to move that first to be able to compete, but move that first to continue down that path where you're already uh, a team that you feel can contend, whether mm-hmm. you move that now pre NFL season or you move it in week five, or when, if you have a trade deadline, when the trade deadline rolls around, or if there's no trade de- deadline and you're in the playoffs and you're like, okay, now I got to make a push here. Um, in, you know, I, I think that's, that's critical. And still from time to time, I'm looking at my roster and I can't say I, <laughs> I always abide by that role. Yeah. No, the, there was one team I was looking at. I'm like, well, hey, at least I have my 24 first. I look and I don't have it anymore. I'm like, I don't even know who I traded it for at this point. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's just a, a lull in activity and somebody uh, 
reaches out to you and you start a conversation you're like yeah let's just get a trade done mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it the the addiction is real it is it is all right travis would you rather have gibbs or walker as your running back too i, I love the Eckler. halfback too because if you yeah. play madden my my oldest got madden i'm like hey you could cr- create your own running back for superstar mode he's like they don't have running back they have hb i'm like buddy that's a running back. <laughs> uh, yeah. So as a halfback too, who do you prefer? Mitch, do we get our hammers out? Oh yeah. It's Jameer Gibbs. It's I mean, This isn't me being a Lions fan right now. Jameer Gibbs is running back two in dynasty. Kenneth Walker's probably running back six or seven. You raised right. your eyes there, John. I've seen your tears. Oh, I've I seen haven't, your I tears. haven't been that tear. I know. I know. I haven't. But if I make a face and then things go sour, you, you I can, can say what? I can say, well, I get that. you can see I wasn't on board. Yeah. Now, it was if just it's the market, you were just following the market at that point. But now, if it's audio only yeah. and I don't vocally disagree with you and he hits, I, I can say that. Uh, yeah, that that's going to be Gibbs for me. And then, Kyle, is that a start sit question? Oh, man. Is this a defense start sit question? Yeah, we're not going to be doing that. <laughs> man. Well, here, real, real quick. Come on. Kyle well, asked. <laughs> Chiefs against the Lions, Jags against the Colts, or Seahawks against the Rams. Say it with me. One, two, three. Seahawks. Seahawks. Yeah. yeah all right. Yeah. And then also Stafford or Bryce Young as quarterback three. In redraft. As a QB three in redraft. Oh, yeah. if is it a, hopefully it's super flex or two quarterbacks? Yeah, if Otherwise, it's not super flex, don't even have one on your roster. But if you have to choose one, I'm picking Stafford. Yeah, sure. That's fine. Okay. Uh, so the 24 first, I, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. My, mine is more very personal to me. Okay? okay. But what strategies did I actively incorporate throughout this off season? You packaged a, down. No, I packaged up a lot oh, this off oh, season, okay. but let me say, so in the discord and in the Patreon, I always get, uh, made fun of because no matter what, if there's a trade pool, I'm like, <laughs> give me the package, give me the package. I said, I'm the UPS man. Give me the package. But I have, because I have, I have a lot of teams that 12 team, 28 player rosters that have a lot of nice depth because of what I've done previously, pivot down, minimize risk, get additional assets. And this has been going on for a few years. So now I have rosters that are just so much eh, mediocrity, but still like solid players. And I'm looking to package up, package up, package up. But no, that's not what I was going to bring to the table here, Mitch. But Just wondering. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, so I'm reading some of the comments here. Uh, but for me personally, being more aggressive and diligent on the waiver wire mm. throughout the offseason. Not me. <laughs> That is something that I have completely, I don't want to say ignored, but yeah, ignored previously because especially when you're in leagues, there's different days for the waivers when they clear. It can be challenging depending on the size of your portfolio with getting those claims in. And like I said, being very proactive and going out Mm -hmm. there and putting those claims in. But this year I, I made sure, and you know me, I'm getting my guy if I think there's somebody on waivers I want. I don't care what the the budget is, but Mm -hmm. like for me and a few quick profits, like Trey Palmer, I went out there 
and I gobbled up as many shares as I possibly could based on the rest of my roster if I felt comfortable dropping somebody or if I had a an open roster spot or whatever the situation might be. And then I was able to flip him for a third in two leagues. I think the one I, I added what I thought might be a later fourth, but still getting those short-term gains and getting that increased flexibility and having those picks at your disposal. And we've done, I did a short on this on the YouTube channel a while back talking about the true value of those later round picks and being able to use them in season to get your plug and play options. But anyway, that, that was something for me and it's, we'll see if it continues when the season is actually <laughs> here <laughs> because I setting my week one lineups, at mm-hmm. least the preliminary lineups. Now I got to start getting thinking about getting Kelsey out. Did yep. I accidentally put cup anywhere? Do I got to get him out? So Kittle. yeah, Kittle. Yep. But that's where, uh, that's something that I really focused on this off season, but I'm with you as well with the 24 first and the, uh, not wanting to use them to get you in a position to compete versus continuing down that path. Okay. Joe Jackson, mm-hmm. not Bo, Joe. Saquon and Pollard or JT and Diggs, 14 team PPR. I'm interested to where you are. Give me Saquon and Pollard. Same. Yep. I want Pollard. I think he's the best player in that deal. Yeah, the the fourteen team aspect, I I think that will get me a little bit closer to the running back side, mm-hmm. just because of the positional. Uh, what's the word? Um, Advantage. Yeah, we'll say that. I don't know. I no, need a coffee. Or, <laughs> I need a coffee or something. It's after work. I'm a little tired. I'm gonna say, only murders in the building. The new episode came out today. I know you don't watch it, but sure don't. Come on, I've talked no. about it. Right, look, we made like we made it three episodes in, and my wife's like, "This is the weirdest show I've ever seen." Really? Like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was weird, man. I figured you wouldn't like it, but I thought she—not that I know her taste yeah, in know. shows or anything—but that that shocks me. So yeah, look, see, if it's I'm not the Vanderpump Rule, she's not going to watch it anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and let me say with, with JT again, it's at least four weeks. We don't know how that's going to play out afterwards, mm-hmm. and. You're moving Diggs, uh, obviously superstar in this league, and a high-end short-term producer at the wide receiver position, but you're not moving a player that necessarily has any insulated value. So there's risk across the board there. Yep. But with with Saquon and Pollard, you're getting two guys that are going to produce now. And if I'm not contending and I'm moving off of Saquon and Pollard, it's not going to be for a package, including JT and Diggs. JT maybe, but you should be able to get a solid plus with JT if you're moving Pollard or Saquon mm-hmm. one for one. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Uh, give me an early season prediction, Mitch. The season's upon us. Hit me with something. Okay. Let's go with um, my biggest riser. So here's this. I'm just going to talk about the Atlanta Falcons schedule for a second, Okay. They, t- tell me well, when you hear a team that they're just going to lose to and their ball control offense isn't going to work, okay? They play the Panthers. They that play the work. Packers. That could be they okay. They play the Lions. Right they there. Play, they play the Jags. Then they play right the there. Texans. So I, I'll give you the Lions and Jags, right? They could have to spread. But then they have the Commanders. Then they have the Bucks. Then they have the Titans. Then they have the Vikings. Then they have the Cardinals. Then they have the Saints. I mean, their schedule 
is so stupid easy that Desmond Ritter is going to be able to keep this team competitive. If they go out and let's say they're five and two to start the year, let's say they lose the games. They win the ones they should. They lose to the Jaguars and the Lions. They're five and two. Everyone's feeling good about him because, you know, they're putting up 24 points a game or whatever. His value is going up. He's all of a sudden, he is. It's going to go up, man. And when it goes up, you will come back. You'll be like, I know, I know. I've hated on the guy for two years. Whoa, 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 whoa. I said he was dead to me. Whoa, 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 whoa. But now I'm okay with him. I have him in green on the tiers. That doesn't mean, have you gone out and bought him? Yes. I three? acquired shares this offseason. The proof is in the pudding. I'll show you the receipts. I haven't seen any pudding, John. Yes. There's pudding. Uh, no, here's my thing. You you look at that scheduling. You talk about maybe they're five and two and the games they lose are two. The Lions and the Jags. Okay. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be winning those games because you just said the ball control offense is going to be effective and they're going to be able to do it. Are we necessarily going to see those oh, wins are. translate into fantasy points for Desmond Ritter? I don't know we if are. the answer is yes. I think we are. Enough to really make a difference. Enough to yep. catapult him up to I mean, quarterback, okay. 20. quarterback 20. Yep. Where are we looking now? Back and quarterback two, I think is more than fair. In fact, he rises so much that we stop with the talk that they're going to replace him next offseason. He'll be such a riser, you'll call him Paul. <laughs> Paul Riser. Oh, I got it. I got what it. What was the, was it mad yeah. about you? Was that the show? I have no idea. Dude. <laughs> it was mad about you. A lot of great pop culture references Something. from the nineties right now. Uh, no, I, I kind of went a similar direction here. So my biggest okay. value riser, it's going to be a quarterback. Their team is going to be competitive. A lot of it might be because their defense, but you'll look at what he did last year. The last five games he started the only five games he started he threw at least two touchdowns in every single game brock the rock purdy i like it yeah, he is fair. going to rise in value for almost the exact same reasons you mentioned mm-hmm. he's going to kind of get rid of that uh mr irrelevant name tag same way you think desmond ritter he kind of gets over that later round pick uh stigma if you will and I think that offense, that system, as long as he stays healthy, Purdy's going to be somebody that's going to be rising in value. And then I, I tried to look at, I wanted somebody, maybe another position. And it's always tough to think about running backs because people hate running backs. Mm-hmm. So especially cross-positionally, I don't know if it's going to happen. But if there's somebody based on his age, the strength of the offense, this ties back into talking about the veteran running backs on a decent offense, expected to get a workload in 23. Not really a veteran veteran, but still a veteran. J.K. Dobbins, especially if, and I know you're a fan of what Todd Munkin's going to bring to the table here in Baltimore. Wow, just ruining my next take. I'm sorry. If there is more involvement in the passing game, I'm not saying I'm buying into that theory, but if there is, and J.K. Dobbins gets some more work inside the 10, inside the 5, and he's healthy with such a uh, high-octane, high-powered offense with more weapons available that should open things up for them and give them longer sustained drives and more red zone opportunities, I'm going to say J.K. Dobbins is the biggest riser from, uh, over the first month of the season. I like it. That's a good one. All right. Uh, if you're in the chat, who's, for you, somebody that's going to be the biggest value riser or drop the first month or 
transitioning into the biggest drop. Yep. Mitch, Alexander Madison. Like that one's just out there. It's open. I mean, I think he should be most people's. Um, unless you really believe that his talent is just going to all of a sudden change and he's going to be a good running back now. Because the thing is, when he's gone all the work previously, yes, he was good. But he was good against the Detroit. Every single time he I started know. for whatever reason, it was against Detroit and Detroit. Those or years, Seattle. I think it was Detroit and Seattle. Like I think it was like Seattle, four of his top games or something. Yeah. And like Detroit's defense has been awful. I mean, was two years ago, it was like the worst defense in the league. Last year, it was like the third worst defense in the league. So for me, it's, I just don't believe in the talent. I think he's easily replaceable. I could see them. I don't think they're going to go to Ty Chandler, but I could see a Kareem Hunt stepping in there when it doesn't work out. I could see Leonard Fournette stepping in there when it doesn't work out. So for me, I just, I don't want Alexander Madison on any of my teams. And like, if I lose out on him, it's fine because I don't think he's going to have any value as soon as January happens next year anyways. So for me, I'm completely okay being out on him. Kyle says Mostert could explode before he gets hurt. Hopefully it's not the same exploding that's happening in Juju's knee. But yeah, I mean, Mostert could produce. I don't know if we're ever going to see a value rise just because of his age and his injury history. Wes, I think Tua jumps in value the more games he plays. Yeah, that's like if you if you I like that. If you remove the concussion concerns and the longevity concerns and is he going to retire? If you remove that, He's floating, I mean, 112, 201, 202 in startups, mm-hmm. I think, consistently, right? I mean, yeah. but we were I mean, he'll be 108, 109 in every single draft if he plays all 16 games this year. 17. Oh, you're living in the you're living a in little 2020 bit. A little now. Bit. A little bit. Uh Puka and Van Jefferson from Kyle. Puka. Oh, Love Puka. Is that is that riser or has to be a riser. Yeah, uh, I would think riser. And then Greg says biggest riser, long shot, tank Dell. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll I could see, see it. We'll see how it goes. For me, I'm just rehashing a take from the pivot point this week. Kyle Pitts is going to continue oh, no. to drop in value. No. I You're I just wrong. don't see. And I you have Desmond Ritter as the biggest riser, and you would think that if he was a big riser, mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts would at least maintain value. I think he will. I don't think that's going to be the case because when we see his usage, when we see his opportunity, when we see he's running a route on 65 to 70% of the opportunities there, when Desmond Ritter drops back, there's going to be that, that hit in value. I don't know, man. You ha- literally have his helmet right behind you. Who? Oh, you're such a small... <laughs> I, I no joke i was like wait did i win another auction that i didn't know no, about? no. you have a pit helmet right behind you no oh, that's my man james connor no oh, all right come on right. L- listen there is never any pit stuff on pristine auction i get no. it but i saw that and i was like i i'm interested i'm interested all right give me a hot take lamar jackson wins his second mvp award this year and I don't even, I kind of felt bad because I didn't know if that was a hot take. I think it's just because you have like Patrick Mahomes in the league. Like, sure. Maybe it's lukewarm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not the hottest of hot takes, but oh, like this is one that I firmly believe he is winning 
his second MVP. Um, Todd Monken is awesome. My hardest thing with this offense, this whole offseason has been, I love Mark Andrews, but what wide receiver do I want to buy into? Is it Zay Flowers? Is it Bateman? Do we believe Odell could come back? For that reason, I don't have a lot of any of them because I couldn't just land on a guy that I really like. I have some sprinkled in here and there, but a lot of times it's like I really just have Lamar and I've tried to take <laughs> try to trade for Mark Andrews a lot, but Mark Andrews isn't moving off very many rosters. Yeah, and I think we could see a situation where Lamar elevates everybody in that offense, mm-hmm. but maybe we see one of the receivers squeak into high-end wide receiver three territory. Yeah, that's but like the, maybe we see like two wide receiver threes and a wide receiver four. So mm-hmm. like still decent. Yeah. But well, nobody, just... nobody really catapulting themselves up to an upper echelon or even near upper yeah. echelon. Uh Greg says, love that taking Lamar and not just because he's my most owned quarterback. Greg, shame on you. It should be Russ as a Broncos fan. <laughs> All right. Here's my hot take. It's a very short-sighted take, but I, I wanted the immediate gratification of being right because it's Lions are be- winning on Thursday. I I mean, if everybody on the Chiefs gets injured, <laughs> hey, we take those. <laughs> All right, Sam Laporta. Okay, he plays Thursday night. Obviously, yeah. Between this Thursday night and next Thursday. And I picked on KTC because it's the most reactionary. Oh, right? like is. without like a doubt. To, yeah. So we're going to see those really quick changes. He is right now just on on KTC. Well, that's fantasy cow. Hold on, hold on. So what are you going to do with your free night here? I have football practice, dude. It's what we do. Oh, we have right. practice tonight, a scrimmage tomorrow, Thursday's practice, Friday's practice, then we have a game Saturday morning. I told my kid, I'm like, sorry, I'm not going to, I haven't missed a practice yet, right? Wow. I'm going to miss the first practice for the Lions game on Thursday. Shame He's like, but you. I want to watch it. I'm like, too bad you got practice. <laughs> All right. Right now, Sam Laporta is coming in at 99 on keep trade cut. And again, I'm only using this as the source yep. for this hot take because people switch their, their thoughts and values very quickly on there. Sam Laporta, he will be, he's going to see a 30 spot jump. Ooh, 30 spots. Can you look real quick and see who's around that 70? Uh, 65 is Dalton Kincaid. Oh, yeah, he'll pass Dalton. So, okay, want to hear something kind of funny? So, I'm going to talk about DFS here in a second on final thoughts, right? No, No, but um, Laporta is almost a thousand more on DraftKings than Kincaid is this week. What's the difference on like FanDuel or I didn't look on FanDuel. I didn't look on any other ones. I just thought that was really interesting to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh okay, so James Cook 67, JK Dobbin 68, Charbonnet 70, Deontay Johnson 72. No, oh, I can pass all them. Yep. Book it. Laporta is going to be right. floating in there. It's going to be easy to remember. He's gonna be sitting. He's not. He's ninety nine. He'll be at least sixty nine. A week from Thursday. Here's one from T Rose. Tua over T Law and (laughs) Justin Herbert. T Rose. Man, it's five o'clock somewhere. Somebody's hitting the bottle early. Just, (laughs) just just T. Now listen, listen, (laughs) listen, listen. I love the, you know, but again, again. 
Tua's discount is strictly because of the concussions and oh, the yeah. injury concern, uh-huh. like we just talked about. I love Tua, love Tua, but also taking into account Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert, I could not put them in the same tier, even if the concussions weren't a concern. I know it is, so it's we'll hard see. to get we'll that see. out of my mind. We'll see. I, I can't, I can't do it. I don't know. I'd probably like Tua more than Tila. Maybe not more than Justin Herbert, but I could see liking Tua more than T-Law right now. All right. T-Rose says at the end of this year, Tua and Herbert will be neck and neck in value. Look, and the good thing, he isn't biased at all because like his profile picture has nothing to do with Tua or anything. So it's it's really good. It's very, very I, unbiased, I, just like all of my Lions takes are very unbiased. I didn't even see it was a Dolphins logo. Yeah. <laughs> come on, T-Rose. T-Rose, come on. Uh, no, I, I I love the engagement and the, the conversations in the chat. And if everybody had the same exact takes, well, things would be very, very boring. It would, without a doubt. All right. Uh, let's see the the hot take. Yeah, I hate hot takes, but I want to really live life on one. the... We used to have a whole show of hot takes. You've done away with that, so at least I could get one in there. Bam. Final thoughts. All right, Mitch, for the 217th time heading into our fifth NFL season with the Dynasty Theory crew, what do you got for our listeners' final thought? So just a quick reminder for everyone who's in the Discord and everything, um, we have a DFS contest that we run every single week. I'm sure Dan will throw it up in the um, DFS chat again. There is a survivor pool that I think you're running, right, John? Is that right? Uh, No, I'm not. It's uh, uh, I think it's spanky i think it's jay oh, okay well someone someone's running it so we have that going on and then for any pra- patrons you'll notice it gets a little bit quiet in the discord on sundays during game days that's because there's a patron only nfl game day chat i mean really for me that is why i love discord because it's literally like sitting in the bar with your buddies talking crap about football the whole time and you're literally just on your couch drinking a beer. Like, it's great. I absolutely love it. It's my, by far my favorite thing about football season. Yeah, it's just, be, like you said, just being able to chime in, have the conversations. You have so many different people watching so many different games. Oh, and, and- it's unhinged, too. Like, the amount of <laughs> anger that comes out when something <laughs> happens. It's great. If, if somebody gets any type of injury, Dan says, call the medic. Their legs getting amputated. That's the ongoing joke now. <laughs> I forgot about that. But anyway, hopefully you guys had, had you know, uh, at least a little bit of fun and some uh, valuable information was, was consumed here during the off season. It was a long off season as they always are, but we finally made it. Week one is upon us. Mitch and I are going to be live every Sunday morning on the pivot point, which is part of the mm-hmm. dynasty theory, Patreon. So an extra bonus show every week. And then we'll be back next Tuesday. We're going to have to come up with something to, you know, it's redraft season, but I don't want to talk about, about, We're not talking about that. I, I actually do have that. one redraft league this year and I'm like, I'm not in love with it. I'm in two home leagues. And one of them, I took Travis Kelsey in the first round. So I'm yeah. loving it. All right. For Dan LaMagna, who's not here, obviously, Mitch Sorensen, I'm John Bauer. Best of luck during the 2023 season. We'll catch everybody next week. Peace. See you.